like to give everybody out there listening a very warm White Cat welcome because you're tuned in to the White Cat Outdoors podcast. What's going on, everybody? It is episode 48 of the White Cat Outdoors podcast. And is this episode like the fifth episode of the Deer Camp series? I was not keeping track of that. Huh. Um, well, we got mine, Frank's, Blaine's, Rachel's, Sam's. Sam's. So this is six? Six this episodes. Would be six oh, episodes. man. Six rolling. weeks into uh, deer ca- seri- or the Deer Camp series. Yeah. So you guys know we got Nick and Tom here. You've already ho- heard them talking. How's it going, everybody? Glad to be back in the studio. And as we said, Deer Camp series, we got another big buck killer on mic today. It is Nick and Tom's dad, Todd Soboleski. Hi guys, welcome to be back. This is my uh, second podcast with the Great White Cat crew, so glad to be back. Did so good the first time, we figured we'd bring you on again. Yeah, <laughs> he's even got the White Cat sweatshirt on. He does. That's I actually I'm actually repping the uh, the old score first hats. We yeah, did. you are with the old patch. <laughs> yeah, that was, we didn't even sell these. No, uh, <laughs> couldn't give them away. <laughs> no. Yeah, I was heading to the stand tonight, and they're not all winners. <laughs> yeah. I think we, uh, me, my mom and I was were actually like ironing these ones on in the kitchen, uh, with no like way to set it up right. So I think they're a little crooked and oh, yeah. just you know what. But I, I wore it tonight on stand. Didn't bring me any luck, but uh, we we're getting outside still. So yeah, that's all that matters. But uh, back to uh, my dad here. Uh, he's the whole reason, or yeah, the whole reason we could podcast this week because you know that's the whole idea of the deer camp series is we keep killing deer and. I, could, I shouldn't say we because I'm not on the board yet. But oh, yeah, you're the only one. That's the not. only one. We got uh, it's a trend, but <laughs> but uh, we'll get there. We still got a lot of time left. Oh yeah. So I guess we are gonna turn it over to my dad here, and he's gonna run us through a the second high and tight uh, buck we've got this year. So, yeah, those were actually killed the two day or one was killed one day, and then yours was killed Sunday, first. Monday. Yeah, Sam was killed the next no, day. No, 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 no. Sam's was killed on election day. Oh yeah, it was so Tuesday. Sunday, Tuesday, or Saturday, Tuesday. Sunday, yeah. Tuesday. Sunday, Tuesday. Close enough. Doesn't oh, matter. Oh, that's right. Dad did kill it Sunday morning, huh? Yeah. yeah. New York, by the way. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were allowed to Sunday hunt PA this year. A yeah, little and bit. of course it rained on yeah. the one Sunday. Oh, it's, like a, it's like a tornado. It was, it was bad. <laughs> Me and my dad were still out there though. Yeah, I didn't go out. It yeah. was blowing like fifty. I was like, no thanks. Yeah, yeah. I sat it on was the ground. A, it was a steady. 20 mile an hour winds with an occasional 60 mile an hour gust and <laughs> yeah yeah limbs were coming down and i did see three doe ripping through about 40 mile an hour that was about it at least the day was worthwhile then <laughs> yeah i was hoping maybe a buck was chasing but no such luck i mean he when came it's through this and time of year solo. you got to be out there yeah that's a fact anything can happen yeah yeah i heard from a wise man once that uh you can't kill them if you're not in the woods. So Yeah, very rarely. Point. Time in the woods what you need. So let's jump into that October, I'm sorry, November morning where you were in the woods. Well, let's see. We'll uh, start with preparing for the hunt, I suppose. Say, yeah, he's going to back it up here. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> Nick and I and Tom, we were all putting our gear together and getting getting ready for. Actually, I think it was a hunt before that. Actually, yeah, we were up we were at climber. We were get, at the cabin, getting ready to do a hunt at the cabin, and we were getting all our stuff put together and packing the truck up. And I happened to see Nick's uh, quiver of arrows, and I noticed he had written 
the word Clyde on one of the, the fletchings in his quiver, and I thought that was a little odd, but I mm-hmm. said, hey, Nick, what, uh, what was, what's that all about? And he proceeded to fill me in a little bit. Yeah, so uh, I, this is actually the second uh, arrow we've had, uh, or the second Clyde story it's been brought up, because when we had Rachel on, uh, she actually killed her buck with a Clyde arrow. So just to clarify for everybody, if you listen to that episode, this will probably sound familiar. Um, but Clyde was a young kid, young child, infant almost, um, that uh, was on a – his parents were outfitters out in Wyoming. Um, and a buddy of mine, Clint Casper, um, he he's a very talented bow hunter. He, he hunts muleys and – uh, bears and elk and everything with his bow. He writes for Peterson's bow hunting. Um, but uh, he was in camp with uh, Clyde and on a bear hunt, actually, and just said that Clyde was the absolute, like, you know, life of the party, would sit right up on the ta- table at camp, uh, just brought a smile to everybody and just really enjoyed having him in camp. Um, and then a few months after Clint had left camp, uh, Clyde tragically passed away um, and it hit Clint pretty hard, uh, which, I mean, it would hit anybody that was close to him. Um, and in honor of Clyde's life, uh, Clint asked, you know, people that he knew to uh, live like Clyde and, you know, dedicate an arrow to Clyde for this hunting season. So uh, that's I was inclined to do. I heard it on the Working Class Bowhunter podcast when Clint was on there. Um, so I felt inclined to do it. And just from having Clyde on my arrow, I've had a couple people see it and ask you know the story so i shared the same story uh to them and then they've every person i've told it would felt inclined that they should have a clyde arrow as well um so it's been pretty cool that it's inspired a lot of people it's made all the way from wyoming to eastern pennsylvania in just one deer season so Mm -hmm. i thought that was pretty cool but like my dad said he was inclined to dedicate an arrow to clyde as well yeah once i heard that story it was uh very touching i have a hard time even getting through telling the story because it chokes me up thinking mm. about it. I, I can't even imagine the the pain that that family and friends have gone through. Mm-hmm. And uh, having three boys of my own, and um, I just, for whatever reason, I felt honored to let one fly for Clyde. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so actually I think at that moment I found a Sharpie, marker in the toolbox and yeah before that hunt you were like yeah, all right i want to do this yeah while we were packing up that for for climber and i put that on the on my arrow and unfortunately that arrow got put back in my quiver after that hunt but uh, a couple weeks later we made it up to one of our favorite spots in western new york and uh i think it was just a short weekend for, for me. For you, yeah. yeah you were Nick, up there for the Nick and Tom took a whole week of work off and hunted that first week of November. Yep, first week of no- yeah, from Halloween till the eighth. Yeah, so uh, some of us have to work. So I <laughs> some of us snuck not out, snuck out as early as I could Friday and uh, got up there for the Saturday and Sunday hunt. And Saturday, I don't really remember. I think I had seen a couple small bucks. Um, just a spike and a four point. I did see one, one decent buck chasing, uh, way out of range, but enough to get you pretty excited for for the next day. And we got back to K 
camp and had dinner and kind of told the story of what we saw and where we seen them and where where they were headed and what we thought they were doing and what our odds for tomorrow were and nick had uh hunted a spot where he went down one of the old main trails through the bottom of the field and into the woods and he noticed uh a bunch of hot scrapes along the way as he was heading to his spot saturday night so uh, when we got back he kind of looked over and said uh because well if we'll back up even more I, i've had just a s slight dry spell and <laughs> shooting big bucks it's but, been uh, it has been a it's bit. been a few years that nine was the last one yeah nick was yeah, his big nine. Uh, yeah. Playing, uh, I was back playing little middle school football. football yeah, <laughs> so. I think that was back when we played for the Jets. Yeah, maybe. That's but, been quite a long. So time. it's been a while. I've had a monkey on my back for a few years. The boys were wondering if I even knew what I was still doing out there, but <laughs> forgot so, how to do it. I've been hunting booners, and they're hard to come by. So I mean, I pass a lot of good bucks <laughs> up, <you> but <laughs> just uh, not bringing one home brings brings a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. So. Anyway, um, like I said, Nick had mentioned uh, there was some pretty hot scrapes, and he's given me a suggestion. He wants he wanted to see me get a buck, probably more than more, I even cared to kill a buck. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he said, "Dad, he said if I were you, I would uh, go down in what we call Don's stand in one of my favorite oaks, just below the the corn stand, and uh, it's probably." I don't even know, maybe only 60, 70 yards in the, in the hard woods off the corner of a Yeah, but I mean, it's you can plot. almost shoot where I was seeing the scrapes from the stand. Yeah, the there is a, a main, we used to brush hog a road. path that we'd go down through, but it was more down through the, the middle of the farm. And uh, after some quality deer management advice, and they kind of had instructed us to maybe put trails on the outside of the property and, and work our way in so we weren't mm -hmm. pushing deer out from from yeah. the middle you know so yeah. mm -hmm. but uh the trail's kind of overgrown but still there and obviously the deer are using it pretty hard so mm -hmm. but uh and and actually the wind was was ideal for us yeah it was morning, just kind so, of a perfect storm uh so i took nick's advice and went down and got in my tree and we were in there plenty early i yeah. think we had just changed the clocks back so we got up at like four in the morning yeah we got an extra hour <laughs> of sleep kind of and had just some coffee all the way around you no, lose an hour short, shorter an hour we went it. back so if it's two o'clock and it jumps back to one you gain an hour in the fall yeah regardless yeah, but you have to get up an hour earlier so you don't you it doesn't yeah, you change don't, doesn't change again <laughs> but when it was you're still early careful you're doing math again <laughs> yeah when you're up past one o'clock it doesn't really matter yeah, yeah four o'clock rolls around pretty early so we had a little <laughs> coffee and us hit the stand pretty early i think i was hunkered in and situated by five thirty. i mean it was still pitch black and i was just kind of sitting there thinking and Clyde crossed my mind, and I just kind of had a little talk with him, and I uh, kind of introduced myself and told him how I heard the story and felt honored to let one fly for him. And as it lightened up, you start to hear the the birds, and but uh, so there wasn't a whole lot going on because this big buck came through it. 7 30 in the morning so yeah he was it was it pretty was, early yeah i don't it only gets light at you know 
655, 715, somewhere in there. Yeah, so I think I had seen one doe come through, and then uh, and that was like right at light. And I just was hanging in my stand, and I just happened to kind of peek over my left shoulder and uh, caught a glimpse of them. And I could see just, I mean, a pretty good heavy main beam and some really nice tall mm-hmm. tines that kind of went up and hooked in, you know. They mm-hmm. were probably in that 10, 11 inch range. Nice. But uh, I said, oh boy. I, One you didn't have to think about no, much. Yeah. No. So I, uh, I unfortunately, I had my bow hanging on the other side of the tree. <laughs> but uh, he it was really thick back there. And I, the oak tree that I was uh had a ladder stand up against was take out to be a guys to 20 24 inch diameter tree i mean it's big. big you it's can hide almost as wide well. as my shoulders yeah so i i was able and where he was at was like right behind that so i was able to kind of turn around grab my bow and he was literally only 25 yards behind me oh yeah yeah and uh so then i tried to get back on that side of the tree but it there was just way too thick and there's mm-hmm. no way so i figured well my best bet the way he was heading was going to come around the other side so i swung around the back side of the tree and i kind of glanced over where where i could get a shot and it really was only one little opening and yeah it's pretty I, small little opening i remember we were standing at the shot and there was so, it's thick mm-hmm. i just kind of waited and waited and nothing didn't hear anything and didn't see anything and i'm like so you kind of lost sight of him in oh absolutely fix, yeah because he was just kind of standing he really wasn't walking at that point mm-hmm. and i'm like well i don't know if he heard something or you know if he would have just turned and because a lot of times they just turn and walk away and yeah you never see him again and so i'm waiting i'm like seemed like a long time was yeah. this is about two minutes in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah if you killed him by 7 30 couldn't sit there for long. hours yeah <laughs> so i i did have to peek around the other side of the tree and and uh i could still i could all i could see was like his belly and legs so i knew he was still there so mm-hmm. i just went back to the the other side of the opening that i had hoping he was going to come down through there and mm-hmm. sure enough I, it was only a couple minutes later um, I seen him coming through, but then he, once he decided where he was going, he just kind of had a, a steady pace going mm-hmm. and I, I just gave him a little mat when he hit that opening and he was just ever so slightly quartering away. Mm-hmm. And when, when I stopped him, his, uh, was his left front leg had just stepped forward, which I mean, just opened, opened up that up. whole rib cage and. Uh, just begging for right, an arrow. Right where he stopped was, I mean, couldn't have been any better. It was his head and neck was behind another big tree. And, I mean, it was just that vital area was right mm-hmm. in that open, perfect. and uh, It's like shooting a target. Yeah. <laughs> they, I mean, it was top pin action, which you guys like to talk about. And, yeah. Uh, I just uh, put it behind that front shoulder, and I actually let it fly, and I was hunting with uh, – Tom bought me some Illuminox for Christmas a year or two ago, and I uh, was really excited to watch him light up and fly. Mm-hmm. And something something happened where it didn't uh, didn't quite light up like I Which had expected it. Odd because all your 
my practice target ones. practice ones all do. Yeah, but I don't Just know. Just the hunt narrow doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, I never tested the, the knock on that one, to be <laughs> honest. But we'll have to look into that. But um, So I let one fly, and I mean, I, I could kind of see it. I knew I hit him really well. You got that sound. You yeah, know. just mm-hmm. a good good whack sound. And he took off like a rocket like they always do for me. I know some guys say, yeah, he kind of didn't even know what hit him and then mm-hmm. stumbled about 10 feet and got all woozy and fell over. But <laughs> that's not how it ever works for me. They always just take off like a racehorse out of the gate. And, yeah. But I heard him bouncing off of trees and just making a awful crashing ruckus and felt pretty confident but i figured if he's down there dead now he'll be dead in an hour mm-hmm. so i uh gathered my thoughts for a second or two and and i texted uh my sons nick and tom and said i let one fly for clyde and nick texts right back buck or doe and tom texts back did you hit him? <laughs> I don't know where the confidence came from, but uh. I, I didn't even wait for a response. I as soon as I sent the text, I'm like, ah, I got time for that. I called him while I was on stage. I did the same exact thing. Yeah, so um, I did climb down to where I shot to see if I could find my arrow, and uh, I, I found my arrow, and unfortunately, it uh, had busted off, and it didn't wasn't a clean pass through but there was about probably only maybe six inches of the tip broke off so the broadhead and, and a couple inches of the arrow three four inches of the arrow broke off and there was blood about i don't know, maybe a good 12 inches up the shaft of the mm-hmm. arrow but it stopped you know before the fletching so it kind of made me wonder what really happened there yeah. but uh so we Gave it an hour. I just so told him we're going to camp. Yeah, we'll meet back at camp and grab some breakfast, and then we'll put a trailing party together. And yeah, and we even sized up one of your other arrows and tried to figure out, you know, okay, How this is yeah, this is where the blood stops on this arrow. Here's a full length, and yeah. we had decided that there was no way that he didn't get at least to like to the other side of the deer. I mean, there yeah, was definitely um, got both lungs. Yeah, there was there was no question about that. You know, based on where the blood stopped, it was pretty obvious that he had gotten plenty of penetration for yeah and it was exactly what you want to see bright pink bubbly blood yeah on the arrow so. mm-hmm. yeah and there was some a little bit of brown hair and, and a lot of blood right where i right where i shot mm-hmm. and so i didn't i just remembered that area marked it and got out of there like, yeah you put a little uh like tinks 69 bottle yeah. or some one of them little canisters little wick tree. yeah you hang and just hung that in the tree. I think, by the way, it might still be there. <laughs> but uh, so we went back to camp and had something to eat and then got everybody together and went back down and I showed the boys uh, where I'd shot and what I'd found and left. I had left my arrow right there and kind of didn't even disturb it at all. And I mean, only two, three yards down the direction I said he went, you could see about two feet two three feet up on a tree you know it was a big patch like of he, blood like and hair on down the well this tree and then bounced off of that tree well, it, he was basically the way the stand up is where that trails at he where he took off was head straight for the gully which is a pretty steep um 
gully we've got there, and it seems like every deer decides it wants to die there. Yeah, they always end up. So there. we yeah. we were looking pretty much straight parallel with the gully like it's running right or perpendicular i mean yeah he's running straight at it and yeah. like my dad said you could look down and it was like a pinball going down so my dad took the lead we but. went down yeah and uh i mean it was really good blood right at where i shot and we followed it for i don't know, less than 20 yards so it was 15 20 yards and all of a sudden it was like none i lost blood yeah we were really? circling around and yeah it was a Usually it's unusual. the opposite. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was like blood from impact, twenty yards out, and then dry. Yeah, yeah. that's weird. And uh, so, I, I had truly felt pretty confident with all the crashing that I heard. So I just yeah. kind of figured, you know, they typically going to go in that seventy to a hundred yards at max, you know, area. Yeah. So I just kind of got up ahead and uh, mainly was still looking on the ground. I was trying to. You know, see if I couldn't find some blood or even on the tree, something where mm-hmm. give me the indication that I'm on the right path. And and then the kind of woods kind of opened up a little bit. I'm thinking he's not going to go down through this open part. So I kind of circled back around to where there was some more goldenrod and little thicker briars. And I made one little loop and seen him laying all balled up. So, nice. Yeah. Hit. And we determined it after the fact that uh the way he was quartering that arrow went i mean just behind the front shoulder and it did get lodged in that front shoulder on the other side mm. yeah and the lack of blood was because it didn't pass through on the bottom side yeah. and it was so close when he shot he actually he hit high which i mean is what you want to do yeah. when you're like when you're that close you want to shoot a little bit higher but because there wasn't the full pass through it just didn't bleed hardly at all even yeah. where like once we could see where it was dead you know even like backtrack and there really wasn't a whole lot of blood until mm. once you cut him open to gut him it was like yeah then he's full inside yeah but i mean you double lung dan took the top of the heart clean off yeah mm-hmm. yeah it was he made a death run and is i mean he was dead as soon as you hit him i think and he oh yeah it was basically how far can i go on my last breath it's about all he did yeah but that after that, we pretty much just got them field dressed, and Nick and I drug them for. We did have a celebratory beer down there. Well, I think we did. Yeah, yeah, you have to. <laughs> Sprinkled tobacco down, and yeah, then me and my dad grabbed a hold of them. Nice, nice and heavy, easy to grab a hold of. Get them up. Yeah, no, that was definitely a heavy buck. I went. I was telling you when Tom sent the first picture of it. It's narrow, but it's wicked tall. And he sent a picture, and you couldn't really see how tall it was the way he took the picture. It just looked narrow. I was like, oh, yeah, that's a nice Shut buck. Shut a nice, cute little buck, didn't yeah. he? <laughs> and then I saw, like, Nick took some, like, actual pictures of it from the front. I was like, oh, man, that's, like, it's massive. It's got real nice long tines. I was like, it's got everything but width. But yeah. it's a super, yeah, it's a yeah. super cool-looking buck. And it's not symmetrical, which that's how you like them. Yeah, I've never killed a. Uh, well, I did kill one eight point, but it had five on one side, and three on the other. I've never <laughs> killed a symmetrical buck. Yeah, well, it's he actually had a busted G three on the right side, right? Yeah. yeah, and then a split brow on the left. So I mean, it was like even no, if he, the split brow was oh, on was the it? broken. Side. Okay, so even yeah. but even if he wouldn't have broken that tine off because that tine had broken off within I bet you a week, easy. It was yeah, pretty it was pretty, fresh. pretty pretty clean. Um, 
but uh, even with that being clean, it still would have had yeah, that split, split brow, which were thrown off. So I mean, <laughs> it was in perfect fashion for my dad to. Yeah, that's get a tough one to pass up. <laughs> yeah, no, and I, I was I was very very pleased with it. It was heck yeah. It was an old deer too. I mean, it was gray in the face. About I mean, it was I would say three and a half, which is mm-hmm. what we're looking for at that piece. And it was I mean, a great buck. I would yeah, have shot it, was, it all day. Yeah. We did we did weigh it after we field dressed it and it uh, did it weighed out at like one sixty five. Which with... I was hoping it was a little bigger than that, but it, it lacked the length. You know them, them yeah, big the old... older bucks just seem to get you know when you try to put them in the bed of the truck and you gotta yeah fold them to get them in there. He, yeah. he was just a little bit shorter, stockier, but he was he was he was, he was, he was, he was thick, thick real heavy <laughs> yeah. neck and yeah. Oh yeah, his neck was all scarred up. That was pretty cool. And he did yeah. have hardly any fat on him. So it, was he? He was rutting pretty good. Oh yeah, yeah he didn't his, have that rut smell though, which not was too bad. But, I mean, tarsals were, were pretty black. black. Yeah, you, you didn't have fat. You could tell he'd been running. Yeah, yeah. If we would have got That's him, That's a cool tip. We should probably like highlight two, three for a weeks second. earlier. He probably would have had an extra twenty pounds on him. But yeah, he'd burn it all off in the last <laughs> yeah. couple of weeks timing. of chasing. <laughs> the uh, just that the tarsal glands, uh, the color of them changing. Mm-hmm. Um, just I just wanted to throw it out there. You brushed over, it, but just in case for people listening that don't know that it's kind of a neat little um thing to look for when you're in the woods and there's always that one guy like opening weekend saying that the rut's Rutting early this hard. year um i i'll tell you though i had a hunt early october <laughs> and it was like october 7th where if i didn't know the date and someone just placed me in the woods i would swear they placed me in peak rut illinois peak rut with <laughs> yeah i mean that fighting does... chasing snort wheezing but how old were the deer the bucks fighting two and a half three and a half you had three and a half fighting yeah really <laughs> but either way i i mean i don't think the rut ever happens october 1st no, um, no, no. but but like what i'm getting at with the tarsal glands is you know just another indicator to look yeah at. the tarsal glands will be like a real dark brown almost black um when the bucks are rutting and um, when they're not they're going to be more of that white hair that they typically are mm-hmm. but that's another thing keep those if you shoot a buck Keep them, use them as cover scent. So mm-hmm. I don't know if I buy into that whole cover scent. I mean, I don't yeah. use any cover scent, but I know my grandpa used to tell us to keep the tarsal glands for that. I could see putting it in a scrape, but yeah, I think you could cover yourself in as much doe pee as you want. Yeah, they're, they're still going to smell you. Oh yeah, <laughs> they just smell you and doe pee now. Yeah, you just carry that foot <laughs> around with you for a while and be good. But that's yeah, it. Make a scrape with it seen people doing that yeah mm-hmm. pot up yeah i think that would be like the up. most effective way to use the tarsal glands is use it on a, in like a scrape situation I rather than as a cover scent. it would be even better to take it to another property because mm-hmm. then that's the smell a of a new buck yeah in the area mm-hmm. if you br- put it in a scrape you know 100 yards from where you shot them they're used to that yeah they know buck that being buck. around but take it over to the next farm 20 miles and whole yeah. new game yeah, game changer there's this new guy coming in here it's not a bad plan might try it it's a little it's getting late now so yeah we uh got what one more day one more day tomorrow's to close yeah. a yeah but yeah by the time people archery say by the time people listen to this it's it'll yeah, be over it'll be over but rifles so. firing up on saturday for, for us, us in new york, york. New york. yeah so. well we're not in new york but yeah We'll be hunting up there. So, is there anything else you wanted to talk about with your buck or moving forward with it? Um, no, other than maybe the 
getting it into the barn and field dressing it and quartering it up and cooking some sausage that night on the grill. That is tough to beat. While it we're is. cleaning things up. Yeah, that's There's, always good. Yeah, I don't know very many people that don't like when they're it, people that do process their own deer. They pretty much all everyone either cooks up the heart or the tenderloins, or they they're always cooking something off of the deer that j- just died that night. Yeah, we typical tradi- tradition was to pull the tenderloins out and fire them up on the grill, but unfortunately, I had to get back to work, so took I those to, with you. I, I had to bring the buck and yeah, the tenderloins. We didn't get to taste home. those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, mean, so. I came over to the house tonight. You guys were cutting it up. I just wanted to take a look at it. I heard, I saw the pictures and stuff, and then Dad shot a doe that night that you came home, and uh, we were, just got the hide off of it, and we were up at Uncle Mark's house, and Ty was like, yeah, you, you know, my dad's down helping Uncle Todd with his deer. I was like, oh, well, I guess that's where I'm going then because I want to see this thing. Yeah, and then you did a pretty neat um, version of a Euro mount with it. Um, that I thought was pretty neat. We haven't done that since my first buck. If you want to talk about the way you're gonna showcase this buck, yeah. so it's kind of it's different. Yeah, it is. Um, it's basically different. that you know you get you prep it like a euro mount. You get the hide off, and we boil it, and we use a new little trick of pressure washing. Yeah, that's and, like, and, uh, a good trick. Paint it with a little uh, salon grade hair. The yeah, the, uh, what's it called? Just peroxide, I think. Yeah, it's like the 40 volume. Grade, Yeah, peroxide, and it kind of helps whiten it up. And, um, and then I just kind of drew an imaginary line right down the center, uh, you know, from the back of the skull to the nose, and mm. basically just cut it clean in half. And then you take the two pieces and lay them flat to where it's almost like two bucks facing each other. And I was mm-hmm. going to try to create some type of little white cat outdoor plaque with the with the buck on it and the that'll be sweet with the uh, shaft of the arrow underneath and yeah, it'll be nice yeah when we're that done. was the only thing that uh was unfortunate is your clyde arrow broke but i did notice you've got a fresh clyde arrow ready for i guess i did i you did. got it for your next uh kill you'll have another clyde arrow ready so yeah but that's it's cool that you'll be able to dedicate that arrow and put it up on the plaque with it and absolutely mm-hmm. we'll get the picture printed out we'll yeah i actually did get all the pieces of the arrow out when we did field dress it i found the two broken pieces of the shaft and the broadhead they were kind of in the opposite elbow of the front deer that or front leg of the deer and we were able to that had to just wreak havoc on that front shoulder just yeah. every step he took would just grind slice it. it yeah well we knew we knew they were in there so you know when you're trying to get that hide off and starting to Get field close. dress you know you, you know there's a, a broadhead in there you kind of take some caution yeah don't just go to, we knew like it was crazy. in there somewhere yeah. I remember when you got it uh you could feel the hole where it left there it was actually right. we could tell it was out of the rib cage but it definitely hadn't left the deer so we knew it yeah, was it was, it was in lodged in that front shoulder on that opposite side but i was able to get it out so i do have all the pieces we could nice that'll we'll, be really we'll neat. put it together somehow on that plaque and maybe we can post a picture someday down the road yeah definitely yeah we'll we'll do a finished product on that for sure for sure but well the pressure's on now because it's all on you <clears throat> yep heavily on me uh archer season's officially over for us by the time you listen to this uh first archery season anyway yeah um we're getting into gun season um and then uh, I guess we'll have a Thanksgiving special next week, I guess. Yeah, Thanksgiving is um, coming right up. 
So we'll have to talk about the New York gun opener. Yeah, because I have a real good feeling there's going to be some bucks falling up. There, maybe right? Nick will get his his first one up at the at the cabin. It's not it, likely, it's but you never j- know. Just my the, the new said, property. It's time to break it in, Nick. Yeah. I know. I'm, I've been holding on to being the only guy with a gobbler on the property. Um, and once I get a buck, I've got the trifecta up there, and I'll be top dog. So we'll see. All right. Well, that's pretty much it. I'm got. I got. We got to sight in some guns here pretty quick because we're heading up to camp. Um, tomorrow at lunch yeah yeah we uh no good, no sense in waiting huh? <laughs> yeah good luck to everybody that didn't buy their ammo early yeah um, i know frank ran into a problem finding ammo right now yeah i went to sight in my rifles today i was like oh i need to go get some ammo and i went like six places i was like i guess i'm not getting ammo today so so yeah but pick uh, a new rifle huh exactly <laughs> yeah that's exactly what he had to do um but as always thanks guys for Stay in tune on our podcast. Uh, make sure you're telling your friends and let them enjoy it as well. But um, as always, join us and get outside. <laughs>